Hello, this is Joel Johnson, and um, you are going to love this podcast. Um, this is another podcast in the series, uh, which is Rainmaker Evolution. And I'm real excited about the podcast today because we're going to talk more about appointment setting. Those of you that did not come to the on-site event, you really missed a, a special event. And uh, like I said earlier, we'll probably do another one in the fall. Uh, in fact, we will do another one in the fall. And if you have a chance to come... Um, you will you will absolutely love it. Before we get into things, I want to just uh, remind you about compliance issues. You are responsible for your own compliance. So if you are affiliated with a broker-dealer, if you're a registered investment advisor, if you have any insurance licenses at all, and if you don't have any of those things, I don't know why you'd be listening, but if you have any of those things at all, you are responsible for your own compliance. Anything that we say during this podcast is conceptual in nature. We have not scripted anything out, so particular words, we may not actually use those words uh, on the phone when we talk about appointment setting and so on. So just be responsible, be a grown-up about your compliance, and uh, we will all have a long, prosperous career in this business. With that said, we are going to talk today about appointment setting. Uh, We're going to talk about the key role of the person in your office that, that communicates with clients to try to either get them to come in when they've said they want to come in, maybe get them to come in when they don't really want to come in, and also managing that calendar, which is such a key role if you're going to be as busy as you should be um, in the main activities that you should be doing, which is primarily seeing clients and developing plans for clients. So I have with me um, one of my two star appointment setters, Mary Chimlecki. Hello, everyone. uh, um, so yeah, say hi, Mary. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Mary, uh, before we get started, can you just give us a little bit of a background of what you were doing beforehand? And then we've got some really good material we're going to go through about what's a good fit for an appointment setter, what should they be focused on, how to organize your day, and then the difference between radio leads, seminar leads, TV leads, and referrals, and anything else that Mary wants to talk about. We're going to cover those things today. But Mary, before we get started, let's kind of talk a little bit about your background, where you came from. Um, why you're still here in this crazy <laughs> atmosphere where me and Eric uh, can have tantrums and things like that, and, and yet you're still doing a great job. So tell us a little bit about that. Okay, thank you. As Joel said, my name is Mary Chimalecki. I've been with Joel for two and a half years now, and prior to working for Joel, I began working, as all teenagers do, primarily in retail sales. Uh, skip ahead to uh, actually working for the state of Connecticut, I worked in a criminal courthouse, which is a pervasively negative atmosphere. After that, I moved on to uh, MetLife, actually, to be a short-term disability claims specialist. In both of those positions, I was never in a position to actually help anyone. Uh, And my emotional makeup is that I always want to help. That really helps me be uh, good for this position. It also is a Um, After I was at MetLife as a short-term disability specialist, uh, it was right around the time of Hurricane Sandy, and I think this is important uh, to mention because I was the person at the other end of the telephone line telling people that I could not get them their paycheck and I could not get them their money because I didn't have paperwork from from their doctors. Well, their doctor's offices were all underwater, and my hands really were tied. And I felt so helpless, and it, I was actually miserable in that position because I couldn't do anything for people. Uh, after I left MetLife, um, I actually went back into sales, and that's something that's, ve- that's very important for, for someone who is in an appointment-setting position. 
sales experience is going to definitely help your appointment setters and, and your client relations coordinators to understand that the energy and the, uh, the time and the money that has gone into the marketing to get these people to, to talk to me or to talk to my colleague Robin Lentz on the phone uh, has really, a lot of work has gone into it. Well, I was so, going to say, Mary, if I can interrupt, it's interesting because as you were, and I, did, I actually didn't realize you had some of those jobs, but almost every one of your jobs, maybe with the exception of one of them, which I've already <laughs> forgotten, um, it had to do with people. It had to do All with, you know, yes. retail or dealing with people. And even in the negative job of the, the criminal court system in Connecticut, you were still dealing with people. So. And, and every every person that you can think of, from judges to attorneys to to uh, uh, felons to victims, and it's it's a person has to have a very um, a very diverse way of dealing with people. Uh, whether it's rising to someone's level or I hate to say it, bringing yourself down to someone's level, you have to be able to do that. So, Mary, let me ask you a question. So if you had to pretend for a minute that you were not able to do this job anymore, you still work for our firm, you weren't able to do this job anymore, you were going to do something else, and you needed to hire a replacement for yourself, who's a good fit for this job? Who, who is the, what's the profile, without getting too specific, because we don't want to, you know, sometimes people surprise us when we bring them on board, and all of a sudden they can do a job that we never thought they'd be good at. Mm-hmm. Um, we've actually had that example with some financial advisors that have really come through. But, yes. but who's a good fit for the appointment setter job, for that person that's going to be dealing with clients, whether it's at seminars or on the phone, and trying to persuade people to come in when we want them to come in? What, what, where would be the first place you would start thinking about finding that person? I would start with someone who has sales experience. Phone, not necessarily as... A, Phone experience. I would. I wouldn't uh, hire someone from a call center. I wouldn't hire someone who, uh, who has, who has to rely on a script constantly because things change and you have to be able to think on your feet. The and always keeping in mind what the what the final uh, your what your final destination is, which is getting a prospective appointment onto the onto the calendar. Is that uh, you? You so, have to so, have that, that so, strength. So I'm thinking retail. I mean, I'm thinking, you know, you, you can go into a mall and, and you know, there are some people that are working in some of these clothing stores and so on that are really naturally um, cheerful. They can look you in the eye. They can engage in a conversation without being too overbearing. Right. Am I totally off base there? You're, not, you're not totally off base okay. because I'm going to mention that uh, in, it, I did, I do have a part-time position as a makeup artist and uh, any women listening out there you understand that it's kind of like a bartending or, or a hairdressing job you talk to people and you get to know them you get to find out what their fears are what their what their concerns are and then you offer you offer them a solution and offering solutions is often not enough you want to be able to close the sale so that you have to be naturally outgoing, naturally gregarious, naturally okay with talking to anybody. So Mary, we have people listening on this podcast that have appointment setters already. Some of them might be wondering, do I have the right person and the right job? Um, 
as financial advisors, sometimes we're not very good at training people. So sometimes we blame the person when it's kind of our fault. But let's let's sort of forget <laughs> I ever said that. Um, but but what should the general attitude of the person be that's in this role um, towards the job, towards the company? Uh, what should just their general attitude be? We'll get into the attitude on the conversation with the clients in a minute, mm-hmm. but okay. what should the general attitude of appointment setters be in the job to, to do a good job day in and day out? Well, this is, this is going to sound like lip service to the man who signs my paycheck, but uh, we look at prospective clients as a gift. Uh, this is your opportunity to help someone who has already, uh, well, verbally, because you've never met, you're getting a synopsis of someone's lack of faith, lack of confidence in themselves, um, and you need to own that, and you need to be exceedingly proud of that. Uh, a lot, again, a lot of a lot of money has gone into marketing. A lot of energy has gone into Joel and Eric's uh, TV appearances and the radio show and the workshops. So much has gone into it. Uh, we have a very simple saying: the guys set them up the appointment setters knock them down. And that's all you're trying to do is they've already handed you a gift. And as an appointment setter, you need to accept that gift and roll with it and make the best of it. And um, let, me just, let, me, let me just also mention that in our system, as, as most of you know that are listening to this, um, we try to have, we don't chase people and we're typically not cold calling. We're never cold calling never. anybody. So, so what you have is you have a situation where if our marketing is strong enough and we're doing enough marketing, we're getting pretty friendly phone calls in. Now, sometimes people decide they want an appointment on a Sunday and they forget by Wednesday. That's just the nature of the business. But for the most part, if we're doing a radio show, somebody's raising their hand and saying, yes, I want to come in. Seminar lead, somebody's raising their hand and saying, yes, I want to come in for an appointment. Same thing with TV or referrals or, or something like that. So the job of the appointment setter, in my opinion, as I observe from not having done the job, but as I observe, is really key from the standpoint of are they having a conversation that's consistent with what brought that person in? So if you're talking at your seminars about safe money, or if you're on the radio talking about institutionally managed money, is the appointment setter saying anything that's contrary to that? Do your appointment setters even... Listen to, have they ever listened to your radio show or gone to a seminar where they even have a clue of the type of language you use with clients? Because I'll tell you, one of the quickest things to shut down an appointment or prevent somebody from showing up is inconsistency in the message. And people won't even know why they don't want to come in and they don't feel comfortable. They just won't come in. Because your appointment center might be using language that's completely contrary to what got that prospect to raise their hand for an appointment in the first place. Mary, what do you do when the, your day just sucks? You've had, you know, you've got pressure from from the company to keep a certain amount of new prospects on the calendar. The day's falling apart. You know, you're getting cancellations left and right. We thought we were going to have a week where we had 40 new prospects coming in, right. and that's gone to 23. How do you deal with that? Well, Robin and I call it dialing for dollars. You, it's it's a it's a I don't want to put it crudely, but you suck it up and and you go back and you find any leads that you may possibly have missed. And if you're doing your job properly, you will always, always, always have leads. 
there is always someone to call. There is always always someone to backtrack to. And if, if again, if keeping if you're keeping good records and you're and you're you're keeping those leads active, then you start banging things out. And again, this is this is where Robin and I can can sort of get sucked into uh, to having a bad day. Um, it, it goes back, and again, I'm going, to, I'm going to circle back to this being your time to shine. So hardly anyone who calls up uh, is going to think that the appointment setter has all the answers. But if you let them know uh, with pride and, and graciousness that you don't have all the answers, but the advisors do, then it's going to send the unspoken message that someone like Joel trusts Robin and I and uh, he would approve of what we say. And so back to, back to what Joel originally asked, when you're having a bad day, what do you do? You try harder. Okay. You try harder. Good, good. So tell us how you organize your day. It's, it's a job with a lot of moving parts. And yes. just to remind you all, so, you know, uh, uh, 10 years ago, I was the only sales guy in the office, and now we have six salespeople. And so picture a dentist's office where there's three dentists and six hygienists, and there's that very sophisticated calendaring system, and there's different rooms for the appointments. That would be sort of like our different offices around the state. And there's one person, I, I was going to say poor person at the front desk, but there's <laughs> one person at the front desk that's got to keep all that straight. They've got to have the hygienist in the right room. They've got to have the dentist in the right room. If there's a cancellation for the dentist tomorrow at 10 o'clock, the dentist is going to be very unhappy if you can't fill it. Right. So there's a lot of moving parts. So how do you organize your day? When you come in, either whether you set up your day at the beginning of the day or the night before, what are the keys that you're doing to keep your focus tight and to make sure that by the end of the day you've done the important things and if something gets left behind, it's something that's a little less important? Uh, that's a good question. First, first thing, uh, and I'm lucky enough to have Robin with me. Ro uh, Robin and I work very, very well together, which we didn't, which we didn't think would happen in the first place. But we're actually, we turned out that we're pretty closely clones of each other. And when I get worked up about something, she calms me down, and vice versa. So we talk in the be at the beginning of the day. Okay, would you like to do confirmation calls? Or would you like to handle the radio calls? And, it, and we are lucky enough to, however we feel that day, I'll handle radio, I'll handle confirmations, things like that. So confirmation calls are the most important thing. You have to make sure that those prospective uh, appointments that you have worked so, everyone has worked so hard to get on the calendar stick. So confirmation So you're doing calls. confirmation calls first? First. Is that the first thing you do? First thing now, you do. So let me ask you, why do you do a confirmation call? And you're, you're typically confirming for two days out, right? Yes. So on Tuesday morning, you're confirming for Thursday. Correct. So tell Wednesday me, number Thursday. one, mm -hmm. why you do the confirmation call first thing. And number two, why two days out? We do the confirmation calls first thing because if someone has gotten into their day, even by, say, 9 15, 9 30, they are already into their work day uh, if, they're still wor if they're still working, or their minds are already on something else. I want to be the first thing that they think of is, 
we've got a, an appointment with Johnson Vernetti, and in two yes, days. in two days, okay. and we're and we're and yes, we're confirmed. So before their mind gets all cluttered and caught up in the stress of the day, and they're likely to say, "Oh, I can't handle that." This and week. before mine, and okay. before mine, mine okay, gets great. cluttered. We get we make sure with those those greens the the, the new perspective appointments stick. Excellent. Um, so we call two days ahead. On Friday, we call on we just call Monday, but on Monday we will call uh, Tuesday and Wednesday, and so on. We call two days ahead because people are busy, and I we've all been guilty of oh geez I forgot to confirm that appointment. We get, we call every number that they ha that they have given us. And we keep track of that in our in our system. Which which cell phone number we called? Did we try them at work? And we, if they have given us an email address, and we have not heard from them by two o'clock of the day before their appointment, we'll send them an email. And it's very surprising how quickly they reply to the email. Yes, confirmed. I'll be there. That's all we're looking for is <coughs> is is a confirmation, and we it it doesn't matter whether it comes in by phone or email. But we we do do two days ahead, and that is helpful. Okay. So, but you wouldn't suggest going email first. No. You would go phone. Okay. Phone first. Now, so I was always under the impression that the reason, and again, let's be real clear here. So on Monday morning, you're confirming Wednesday's appointments. I know you're also confirming Tuesdays, but yes. let's forget about that for a minute. Okay. Monday morning, you're confirming Wednesday's appointments. Mm -hmm. I always thought the reason we go two days out is because then if we have cancellations on Wednesday, mm -hmm. we have some time to fill those spots. Is that correct, or are you just actually trying to get way out ahead of the person's week, or is it a little bit of both? It's actually both, okay. uh, and, and of course it helps if, we, uh, if somebody does fall off of a Wednesday on a Monday. Yes, you do have, you do have uh, another day and a half to, to get them back to fill that spot, or reschedule them for later in the week, or what whatever the case may be, um, but two days ahead is no one. I've never had anyone with the attitude. Why are you calling me two days beforehand? People don't mind. People don't mind. The the other thing that we've talked about um, from time to time is when we lose an appointment. Let's say you're calling on a Monday and you lose an appointment for a Wednesday. Mm -hmm. Our tendency is to maybe find a new person in your lead system to plug into that appointment, but it certainly does not hurt to call a Friday appointment or even one of the appointments for next week and pull them forward, right? I mean, a lot of times we think, well, people are always, when they reschedule, we're always pushing them out, pushing them out. Mm -hmm. But we can pull people forward, which keeps advisors very happy. One of the dangers of an advisor's calendar is not being busy enough. Mm -hmm. And there's a real balance between, you know, an advisor having appointments that he's not happy about because they're not exciting appointments versus an advisor sitting around for four hours in the middle of their day because advisors left to their own devices tend to end up Losing momentum. Into, losing momentum. They get into all kinds of things. They sh all of a sudden now they're analyzing, you know, Global's conservative income portfolio and just all kinds of stuff that they shouldn't be doing. Mm -hmm. They should be focusing on clients. So good. Yes. So uh, so to prevent that loss of momentum, yes, absolutely. We can bring we can bring things forward. We, there, there's so many so many places to pull from. You can you can pull from your your leads. You can pull from the week after. You can check back to make sure you've touched everyone you could possibly touch to fill in that spot. And uh, worst case scenario, as Joel said, so that advisor does not lose momentum, if you can't get a brand new appointment in there, then then there's many other things you can get in there. Poly uh, account uh, clo uh, closing appointments, uh, reviews, deliveries, uh, mm -hmm. There there's there's other plenty of other items that, that you can get on the calendar 
to uh, to help. Ser- you're, you're servicing. We serve the clients. We're also serving our advisors. The advisors uh, are. We work with a great, great the group. The advisors of are very fragile. They, people. <laughs> they, they, yeah, yeah, they can they can be princesses, but uh, they, they, yeah, they they are fragile, and and um, we. But the easiest way to get around that is to simply say yes as often as you can to what they ask, and that way, when you have to say no, it's not as harsh. Good. And by the way, I hope those of you that are listening to this are going to let your appointment setters and your staff hear this because they will get um, some chuckles out of it, but they will also <laughs> understand. I think that they're not alone in dealing with some of the things that, that has to get dealt with uh, in an office. So I heard you say you make your confirmation calls first. Confirmation but I first. walked in this morning, and here, here's the advantage of having two appointment setters, guys. Um, and I'll just tell you why we have two appointment setters. One is because I'm very concerned about burnout with this position. This is one of the highest burned out posi- burnout positions in in our business because people are going to seminars, they're making phone calls, there's a lot of pressure when things don't go right you know, the advisors come to the appointment setters and so on. So I think it's real important as soon as you can to maybe have two people doing that job. So we have two full-time people doing that job. So last night we had a seminar. Eric spoke at the seminar. And when I walked in at about 10 o'clock this morning, Mary, to say, are you ready to do the podcast? And I You sighed. were doing blue sheet <laughs> entry, right? Yes. So you were entering data from the seminar. Mm-hmm. And Robin was probably making doing confirmation, confirmation calls. calls. Yes. Okay. Yep. So there's, there's another reason why it helps to have, if you can't have two full-time people, maybe having a backup. I really believe that this is a full-time job. I don't care how small your office is or how, if you feel like you're just starting out, I think the job of the appointment setter, and, and certainly someone in your office says this is the main job that you're supposed to do. And so, you know, even if you're a small office with two or three people, I think one person ought to be a full-time Absolutely. appointment setter because it's just such a critical job. And it's a job where it's hard. You spend most of your day reacting, right, Mary? Absolutely. You, you, so you're reacting to incoming calls. You're reacting to Mrs. So-and-so that says they have to see Joel tomorrow or they're going to leave the firm. And you're just reacting. And it's really unfair, in my opinion, to have somebody that's also doing another important job in the company, and then they can't get that job done because they're constantly taking interruptions. So I don't know if you want to talk to that a little bit about the, the difference between planning your day but then being flexible and being able to react to different things that happen. Yes, there's, um, that, that is a really good point. Uh, I did a seminar last night, um, and there was, so I have uh, 17 new appointments uh, that need to go into the calendar immediately. One person last night booked for 9 a.m. this morning. So as soon as I got in, I had to let the advisor know and, and also prepare uh, everything in the computer for that appointment. So the, if I'm working on that, then Robin is working on, uh, working on confirmations. The good thing about that is on a Thursday, she's only confirming for Friday. So she only had a few calls to make, and then she started helping me with the blue, with the our blue sheets, with um, the information that we had gotten back from the from the attendees last night. So it definitely is a full time position, and it and it definitely you're being you're being very proactive because you've got the leads because that's the only way they're going to get on the calendar if they've if they have already pushed you off once you have those leads but you're also being very reactive and it helps Robin and I that we can switch off when one of when one of us is is just not feeling it uh, but it also 
it's also very good to to have uh, to have a plan in the beginning of in the beginning of the day. I'm going to do this. Can you do this? And then when you feel a need to switch off, that's what we'll do. And uh, and so being being reactive, that those phone calls come in, and um, they people. Yeah, again, it's the understanding of being the strength behind the scenes and and having and having pride in that um again the energy there's got to be energy there um and you don't want to be that weak link your appointment setter cannot be the weak link in that chain that that joel and eric have have painstakingly forged uh to to get that prospective client on the phone uh or in front of you and and it's really a great feeling to know that you clinched it and and there's nothing wrong with uh and maybe it's maybe it's slightly annoying, but I don't know if Joel will, Joel will admit it. But uh, when we clinch something, when we get when we get that appointment, Robin and I are not above high fiving over the computers. Yes, we got we got this on for this week. Good job, nice work. I heard that call. Good job. We we like to be clinchers. And they, they also have a corner office in the building. <laughs> with on, there's only two corner offices in our firm, mine and, and, and theirs, and to the chagrin of many of the advisors yes. that feel like they deserve a corner office, we understand they do not. who's important <laughs> here. So, so talk about, um, talk about and, and we're going to keep going um, on this podcast because this is, I think, some really important stuff, and I, again, I encourage you to share this with your staff people. Talk about the the tone and the attitude that you have with clients and let's just talk about a few scenarios Mary and you can maybe you can okay. give them to me so so you scheduled me I went to the seminar last night mm-hmm. and I booked an appointment with you and the day after let's pretend we're two weeks out right now mm-hmm. ideally I would be coming in next week but let's just pretend I booked for two weeks out mm-hmm. so in the meantime I've received a very nice confirmation letter and a copy of the 2015 guide to maximizing your retirement income correct um, and now I'm getting a conversa- a confirmation call, and it's two we- it's two days before my appointment, mm-hmm. and I'm telling you, oh my goodness, I'm really busy. I, I don't know. I'm going to start trying to back out of that appointment. Luckily, I'm insecure. Nobody wants to say no to anybody on the phone, so I'm not just telling you no. I don't want to keep the appointment, but I'm going to start saying I'm start going to start giving excuses. Talk about your attitude towards that, how hard you push to keep the appointment where it is versus how easy you it is for them to move the appointment to tell us what you do philosophy and also maybe some of the language you would use with me okay philosophy that's an easy one don't let them don't let them not come in make sure make sure that make sure that they come in there's there's a few there's a few ways to do that Um, I'm gonna circle back to that in a second but if you can't get them to stay on the same day perhaps it's as simple as they just have a lot going on that day. Does a better time work for you? I know we have you coming in at 2. Would it be easier for you if I moved you to 4 o'clock? And sometimes that works. So do you go there right away, or do you try to get them to stay by saying, hey, we booked this two weeks ago, don't be a schmuck? You don't say Absolutely that, right? not, and, but, it, and, and it depends on the excuse. So you kind of... Yes. You kind of uh, you're flexible right away, but trying to keep them on the same day. Absolutely. Okay. And, okay. and so first try, keep them where they are then keep them on the same day, and then keep them in the same week. You don't want to lose that momentum that, again, so many people have worked so hard to build up this momentum, and you don't want to be that, that, weak, that weak link in the chain that lost this. So well, 
do you ever go back and talk about the seminar at all? This is just something that popped into my mind, but we talk Absolutely. a lot in the Rainmaker Revolution group about always anchoring back to the last experience that people had. So do you try to, because it's been two weeks now, I've kind mm-hmm. of forgotten about the seminar. I barely remember where it was, and I certainly do not have the same feeling, that real feel-good feeling I had when I scheduled the appointment. Mm-hmm. So do you do you go back and talk a little bit about the seminar? Do you try to hit a highlight or two, or what, what do you... Well, what we what we generally say, um, for um, for instance, um, I would I would say hi. This is Mary calling from Johnson Brunetti. We had met at uh, Gusto's restaurant in Milford back on April nineteenth, and uh, we have you on our calendar for this coming Wednesday, uh, the twenty seventh at four o'clock in our Cheshire office. Please call us back to confirm, and I give the phone number, and then. Uh, and or if they're on the phone. Or if they're, or if they're on the phone. Uh, usually, if it's a week out, you really shouldn't have to remind them who you are. They, they're, you've, if, you've been to the, if, if you're at the seminar, I have a name tag on. They've already met me. They already know what I look like. They already know who they're talking to. Over, but let's over say you're time. talking to me. Maybe we can role play a little bit here. Sure. So you're talking to me and my appointment's in two days, and I'm going to say something like, oh, yeah, you know, I really appreciate you inviting me to that seminar, but, you know, my daughter is getting her nails painted tomorrow at the uh-huh. mall, and I really feel like I need to be there. So what are you going to say? Okay, first off, no man would ever say that. But second, what I'm going to say is... <laughs> but there are some ludicrous yes. excuses out there, right? <laughs> there, 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 there Lots are. of cats and dogs die. Yeah, yeah unfortunately, yes. Yeah, but... Relatives die an awful lot. Same one typically every time there's an appointment, mm-hmm. right? There's all kinds of... Yeah, fake... or suddenly vacations because come up. Vacations, yes, that's yeah, always a good sudden one. vacations. Okay. So... Uh, so you're going to well, try to keep me on the same day. I'm right? going to I'm going to try and keep you on the same day, okay. and and I'm going to say, well, based <coughs> and I do have access to this information, and this is this is another thing. We never make unprepared phone calls. We have uh, Joel does have Robin and I set up with two monitors so that our Outlook system, the so uh, what we are scheduling for the for the advisors and our tracking system which for us is Salesforce I know some of you, you some of you use Redline and some other some other programs Red tail. we um, Redtail sorry we, we use Salesforce so I'm I already know what this person's concerns are what their blue sheet looked like um, and I and I already know possibly what and I already know what days work for them so, so that's they, awesome so let me stop you right here okay. so you you have some things to talk about because you've got on your screen mm-hmm what they filled out at the workshop, Absolutely. where we asked them what their concerns were, we asked them if they're working, if they're retired, right. and they gave, most people fill that information out, right? Okay. Yes, I didn't even it's, think it's, a point, it's pointless to make an unprepared phone call. You may, okay. it's, it's, it's pointless. Have their name on the screen, have all their information there, and then you can say something to the effect of, well, based on, the, based on what you filled out on your blue sheet, uh, it's best that we get you into the office as soon as possible, or... Uh, based on what you told us, your situation certainly is time sensitive. I, I, please let me let me help you get let me help you get in sooner rather than later. Awesome, and that's sometimes that's enough just to put somebody over the top, right? Yes. Now there are some people that are so insecure mm-hmm. that they really don't want to come in, but the only way they know how to say no is to continue to reschedule time after time. Yes. So, do you ever get to the point where you sort of just ask somebody flat out, "Would you rather just cancel your appointment?" Because, I mean, it's very discouraging for you and certainly for the advisor to see the same name on the calendar and then it disappears and it's up mm-hmm. two weeks. So what do you do absolutely, with that? Absolutely. When, when we, we, we will actually keep calling 
until the person, if, if the person says, you know what, please call me back in two weeks. I have this going on, I have that going on. Understandable. Life happens. We'll call them back in two weeks. If that has happened three times in a row, and each time they have taken a prime spot on the calendar, for instance, a 4 p.m. or a 5 p.m. Or, some, or a place that I know is coveted, then they are, then I have no problem saying to them, you know what, I'm going to leave the ball in your court, and this will be after the, th I will give them a good three times, okay. depending on how I feel about the prospect. And uh, last time I'll say, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and leave the ball in your court. When things calm down for you, we'll be here. Good. We'll be here. So we're letting them go. And then we let them go. Which is attractive to people because, uh, we actually you know, the MetLife guy is never going to do that. No, right? no. Okay. And, and people thank us. They thank us for our persistence. Okay. And then they say, you know what, I understand. I will call you when things calm down. And the ability to do that and not have it wreck your business is just continue to generate more leads. It's interesting. Yes. I've been doing some surveys with some of you out there that have sent some surveys back and some of you really get it and some of you don't. I've actually had one guy, well, we won't get into that, but mm. just completely not get it. The mm. power of this is just have lots of appointments that are going to come in so that you as an advisor have confidence so that your appointment setters have confidence that, you know what, if we lose half the appointments this week, it kind of sucks, but it's not going to wreck the business. Right. And, 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 and it gives you... If, uh, I, can, if I can bring, yeah, bring up please. a point... A lot, all, all of you have, have heard Joel say this many times. First and foremost, we're an educational firm. And we will sometimes have people call and say, you know what, I just, I think I'm going to waste your time. I, I just don't have enough money to talk to you about. And that doesn't matter because we're keep, we are not only for our own benefit, Keeping keeping these green, these uh, brand new appointments on the calendar, but also even if we if an advisor meets with someone briefly, there isn't really anything we can do to help them. We get we get that information back, and that person had a great experience, and they might share they'll they'll share that with someone uh, a loved one with someone with someone else that hey you know what they talked to me and at least I know a little bit more than I did when I when I before I came in, and. So Go ahead, John. No, no, that's awesome. So let me ask a few questions. So why don't we let the financial advisors make their own follow-up calls? When they meet with somebody uh, six months ago and that person says, you know what, I'm going to retire in six months, and the financial advisor says, okay, we'll give you a call and have you back in six months, why don't we allow the financial advisors to do that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I, Tell the truth. Mind blown. Um, I... I no, please don't. Please don't do that. Because it would never happen. It would never right? happen. It would they, never happen. They would, because if you're, if the appointment setter is doing his or her job, and the advisors have not lost momentum, then we will get those closing appointments back on the calendar for them. And we again do not make an unprepared call. It's not. Hi, do you want to come back in? It's hi, Mr. and Mr. and Mrs. Smith. I'm. This is Mary calling from Johnson Brunetti. You met with Heath Grossman. Uh, let's see. Uh, you, met with, you met with Heath Grossman back on April 30th, and uh, it's now. You asked us to reach out to you when you were going to be retiring. Looks like it's about that time. Wanted to check in, and this is if I'm leaving a message, by the way. Wanted to check in and, and see if you had any interest in continuing that conversation with Heath and reminding them, because we have the sales notes, we also can remind the, um, the, the person or the prospective client that they had concerns at that time. And maybe 
and this is how it happens a lot, maybe they didn't give it a second thought after they came in for that first appointment. But then when you remind them this is what you were concerned about, that all of a sudden triggers, yes, you know what, I do want to come in. Yes, I do. And so six months later, you you have to have be prepared to make the call and and so do I'm, it right. So I'm hearing a couple of things. One is that your your call is is fairly soft compared to the way a lot of financial advisors have been trained, which is, you know, Mr. Jones, you met with Heath six months ago. We're giving you a call because you wanted us to get you back on a calendar, mm -hmm. and we have two openings for next week: Tuesday at ten o'clock or Thursday at two at four. What would be better for you? You're not really doing that. You have a much more conversational tone. Yes. Tell and me about that. Is that more your personality? Is it? It actually depends on, uh, it does have to do with personality. Uh, Robin calls it my yoga voice. Uh, but but Robin can, and Robin is, is a so little is stronger. So is Robin different? Yeah, so Robin, Robin is different. Robin so Robin either way works mm -hmm. is the point, right? Yes, either, okay. either way works. It can be a conversational tone if the advisor has, if I already have the notes in front of me that, you know what, not much we can do to help them right now follow up once in six months. That's a conversational tone because if there's nothing we can do, there's nothing we can do. Either the money is tied up or, or it, whatever the case may be. Uh, but we're, going, we're still going to make that call because we promised them we'd make that call. So this is interesting because there's a little bit of a discussion going on out there in Rainmaker Revolution land. And some people, very few, but some people are very f proud of the fact that um, that they close 80% of the people that come in, but when I look at their production, they're helping very few people. Mm -hmm. And I don't say that in an arrogant way, mm -hmm. but quite frankly, you know, don't brag to me that your closing ratio is 80%, and then I look at your production, uh, and you're only bringing in 30 new clients a year. And so, so now we have this other system where, and it's interesting, you know, when you look up at... at, at somebody doing more business than you in this business, a lot of times the defense mechanism to make excuses. We have this other system where you can afford to be conversational because you know that for every call like that you make, right. there's a whole bunch of them, right? Right. So, so you know, <clears throat> it would be nice to capture every lead, but it also sure is nice for a financial advisor to have somebody show up that really wants to be there. Right. It changes the tone of the... Um, of the the other thing that happens is you know we keep stats on everything we don't screen people before they show up we don't have any mm -hmm. minimums we honestly will help somebody without any money whatsoever and sometimes that person gets in front of a pretty high end advisor all of our advisors we think are pretty high end but yes and, but and, and there's no attitude there so you know you tell me who's helping more people the person that sees four people a week and closes three of them or the firm that's seeing forty people a week and have probably a pretty good impact on all 40 of those people. So and I, I just I can, like to I put that out there because there's a lot of, there's a lot of, uh, and I think it's make, it's, I think it's excuse making. I think it's advisors saying that, um, I don't know. It's, well, I, it's just I, an I, interesting speak, discussion. If yeah. I can speak to that, that that's why, and I, and I forgot to mention this, I apologize. Um, we also ask for feedback. So that six month later appointment, closing appointment that perhaps we're not, not, nothing's going to happen we say could please um, call the office back where if either to give us some feedback uh, we'd like some feedback on your last appointment we remind them again when it happened who it happened with some feedback on that appointment and to see if you had any desire to sit down again we're so you're getting them talking in a very open-ended yes, way okay, yes good. we want that feedback so we're telling them whether you do want to meet with us or you don't call us back
because Good. we want to know why. Great. So you, I'm also getting the impression, Mary, that you need to leave a lot of messages. Would you say more than half of your outbound calls end up in leaving a message? Yes. Okay. Yes. So, and and what's your gut on? Do people call back, or do you have to keep calling, or do some people actually call back? I mean, what's the? People call back. Um, my the. My favorite phone call is the one that's on the voicemail box in the morning. Says, "Yep, I'm confirmed for two o'clock. I'll be there." Um, but uh, but when we're leaving when we're leaving messages, uh, we as much information as we have. Let's say we have a home number, a cell number, work number, and an email. Uh, I pretty much, if I know they're both, if I have the information that they they're, they're both working, I ignore that home phone number. I'm going to call their cell phone, and if they gave me <coughs> their work number. I will call work, and I always apologize when I call work, and I, I say, oh, I, I apologize, I did not realize this was your work number, sorry to bother you at work, just wanted to confirm the appointment, but the okay. bottom line of that is I'm trying to get to them any way I can. Good, great, excellent. So as we wrap here uh, in a couple more minutes, I, I had a couple specific questions, and I wanted to let you maybe just close, Mary, because I know you... You know, I'm the note prep guy, and you have, you have 18 pages of notes over here, which is awesome. Um, but do you have a different attitude or a different level of confidence depending on where the lead came from? Like, you know, we've got, we, so we do seminars, yes. we do radio leads, mm -hmm. we have people that ask to come in from TV, and we get referrals, okay? Yes. So we'll get 75 referral clients this year and probably 85 clients from TV and then, of course, much more from radio and seminars. Mm -hmm. But do you have a different attitude or is there, is there you got to be real honest here now, is there a type of lead that you just wish you didn't have to call because it's just a hassle to get them in? Or do you just treat them all the same? No. Ref um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start at the top. The referrals are a present. You get to unwrap this present that someone has referred these people to you to us rather to Johnson Bernetti and we and you'd have to really mess that up to not get that person in for an appointment they've been referred to you so your referrals are your strongest appointments and sometimes uh, the referrals are calling us out of the blue right yes, we're not even yeah yes okay. yeah it's, it's it's not necessarily that we that we instigated with them they're they're saying uh, so and so sees so and so they recommended that I call you. That's a that's a present. You can and you can and you just say thank you for those. And also, um, let me just digress. Sure. It's not even digress completely off the on a tangent. But mm -hmm. um, but you said something importantly. So the referral we try to get the referral with the person. So if Bob refers Ken, mm -hmm. okay, we want Ken to see Bob's advisor. Right. The ideal situation is Bob's a client of ours. Mm -hmm. Bob's been working with Eric. Bob refers Ken. Ken's going to come in for an appointment. Is the ideal is for Ken to see Eric, the advisor? Yes. Correct. Absolutely. But does that always happen? It does not always happen. Um, Sometimes, quite and quite a few times, someone will say, "You know, a, fr a friend of mine use a friend of mine uses Johnson Brunetti. Um, they didn't say the name of the advisor, but they really like the company." And then it's a matter of, well, how I can go back, research the lead, and see 
if that person really does need to meet with Eric or does that person need to meet with Joel? Do I have to have a conversation with Joel about how important is this referral? But so normally when you've got normally, somebody on the phone normally asking someone for an appointment, on the phone. you want to just book them, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. that's, that's an, an immediate booking and it's easy. Okay. And it's easy. Okay, so, then so those after, are the referrals. Those are the referrals. After that, so you're giving? Are you giving us in the order of the the so yes. ones you like the yeah. most? Ones we like the most. Okay. The easy. We'll, we'll start right. with. We'll start with the, the easiest, easiest ones. ones for, no okay, excuses good. first, and that's good. referrals. Second one, seminar. They came to the seminar. You already stood in front of them, um, and you booked an appointment while you were standing in front of them. That uh, there's really not too many excuses to lose those appointments. Um, there's those those people put on their blue sheet that, yes, I do want to meet with you. And the way that Joel and Eric run the seminars is, uh, and I'm going to quote Joel a little bit here. We've, he says, we've been very blessed as a firm. Please don't feel guilty that we, have, that we fed you tonight. We, if you would like to meet with us and if it's important to you, please let us know. Mary or Robin will be around to, to help you book an appointment. And that takes all of the... Uh, all of the guilt and all of the onus and all of the worry off of, and the anxiety off of that person's shoulders. So now we know when they've, re- when they've put down on that blue sheet that they want an appointment, they really do. And so seminar leads, second best. Um, radio calls. Radio calls are going to be the third one on my list. Uh, those are people who might, so, something that Joel said to them resonated with them on the radio. So something resonated with them, and it caused them to call into us. We want to find out what resonated, what um, what they think that we can do for them, and how much they know about the company. The radio calls sometimes do culminate in. It sounds it sounds like you need um, to have an advisor give you give you a call. Uh, maybe you need to. Maybe they need to find out a little bit more about our company, and so we direct them to the we direct them to the website. But the, the radio radio calls can sometimes be someone who's just bored, and they listen to the radio, and they decided to call in. And uh, but we um, we are working on a, a good seventy percent um, kept rate on the on the radio calls, Great. and so we're um, we're happy with that because our goal was sixty. So now we're up at seventy. And then um, last but not least would be television leads. And I don't, I don't want to, that to sound like Joel isn't an, uh, an amazing presence on television. It's just that uh, we do offer um, free pamphlets. Um, when uh, the Joel's book, The 2015 Guide to Maximizing Your Retirement Income, that is a free offer. We are trying so the t- to... the TV leads are the... Oh, just to be clear, sure. so the TV leads are the only leads where people are not coming in and asking for an appointment, right? right? Radio leads, they're saying, yes, I want an appointment. Seminar leads are saying, yes, I want an appointment. Referrals, That's the yes, call to action. Referrals, yes, I want an appointment. The mm-hmm. TV leads, because because I'm on the news, I'm not, it's not our show, Right. it's a very soft sell, and we're giving away a pamphlet or something or white paper or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. And so you're having to... But we, by the time you're talking to them, haven't they asked for an appointment on the little letter that we sent out or no? Um, no. A, a, a television lead, for instance, um, if, if you're on Sunday morning and you offer, and you offer a book, what, um, those people can go to our website and request, what, um, request the free offer. Okay. Or, and we always, fall, we always follow up with them. We give it a... Um, we, if, they, if they go to our website and they just they fill out the paperwork, we call them the same day. And if they we, ask for an appointment. If, 
if they're if they're filling out the money map review asking okay, for an appointment on the on the on the on the website, then we call them up already with the attitude you filled this out. Not I, I, attitude might be the wrong word, but we you filled this out, so we're following up with you. We'd like to help you set up that money map review. Okay, and, but some people, let's be clear here, yeah. some people are not asking for an appointment at all. Right. And you don't talk to them if they're not asking for an appointment. We're sending an email sequence out to them. So let's just, so we can be right. clear for the other advisors. Okay. Yes. But you're saying that the TV leads are a little tougher to book. They are. Okay. Because Which is interesting because they have the highest closing rate. Yes. Yes, they do. So, yes, they do. I don't know what that means, but. Um, it means, it means, that, it means they want it more. Uh, once they once, once they end up showing up, yes. Yeah. Once once they end up showing up, and the up, credibility so. on TV is the credibility factor on TV is second to none. Yeah. Oh yes. Oh oh yes. Yeah. Good. Okay. Oh, yes. So that's why I didn't want to downplay, you know, with the the um, the television. But leads, for you, but. it's for you. It's in this order: it's referrals, seminars, radio calls, and TV leads. Yes. So what would you say to an advisor that says, "I'm going to get out of the seminar business, and all I'm going to do is referral and ra referral and radio calls"? If we did that tomorrow in our practice, mm -hmm. what would your reaction be, and what do you think that would do long term to the business? Uh, it'd be catastrophic. Okay. I, uh, per, uh, okay. why, why, what? Why would well, you no, ask me that? Bragging. Yeah. No, you have people bragging. There's, 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 yeah. there's advisors out there that think they're better than, than <laughs> other people because they don't do seminars. And, you know, it's one thing if you've decided not to do seminars because sure. you don't feel it's right for you. But there honestly is a little bit of a pervasive attitude and some kind of a bragging that, oh, I never have to do seminars anymore. And yet some of these guys, they do great. Other people, you look at their numbers and it's like, man. You know, because it's the most consistent flow that we have is from seminars. And quite frankly, I like it. You seem to be having a good time. Yeah, it's Eric fun. has a great time doing it. Heath, My. I think, is having fun. Mm -hmm. So, if, so if I if I can speak to that, if someone says, "Well, I don't have to do seminars, and I'm getting forty brand new clients per week," my response to that would be, "Wow, you could have eighty new appointments per week if right. you did seminars." Right. Okay. That's, that that would be okay. my response. And but, some people don't want that many appointments. Right. But with us, I mean, if we were only doing radio, you know, we had like 19 calls two weeks ago. Mm -hmm. This week we had 13 calls. Mm -hmm. Next week we might have seven. The following week we might have 30. It's very, right. where we know if we do seminars, we know exactly what's going to come out the other side. So, exactly. so we have, let's, in the last five minutes or so or three minutes, do you have anything that you want to add that would help the advisors listening on the call um, with their existing appointment setters or people that want to find new appointment setters or maybe the appointment setters on the call to encourage them into in, to, uh, to I don't know any any closing comments Mary okay um, well this uh, I'll start I'll start with this I do hate the title appointment setter I am a client relations coordinator because I, appointment setting seems to uh, to put that to to really Put that in a hole. What what Robin and I do, but we uh, have to use we have to we use have language to use that people language, understand yes. because for some people, their client relations coordinator is the person that sends out the customized napkins right. after the first appointment. Right. Which, by the way, we do none of that. No, 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 we don't do that. <laughs> However, um, but we so Robin and I like to call our office the control tower. Um, we make sure that uh, departures and arrivals are on time, that the advisors are, are getting to where they have to be, there's no mid-air collisions, and we keep the advisors up and flying. We really, we really take that very, very seriously, and, we, and we, we're very proud to be in that position. Um, again, there's, uh, this is your time to shine. So to the appointment setters out there, I would say 
keep in mind that hardly anyone who calls up is under the impression that you have all the answers. And if you don't know and you try to fake it, not only do they realize that you're someone who is actually nowhere near anyone in authority, but it also makes you sound insincere. So you can be confident when you say you don't know. And what I usually say is, I'm concerned we're moving into an area where I, I'm not an expert. Um, I'm going to let the advisor know that this is a concern and that it's something you'd like to address with us. And you, again, you say it with pride. You say it with graciousness. And they're going to give you that credit. It's an unspoken message that you are trusted. And what you want is your advisors to trust the control tower. You want the, you want the owner of the company to trust that you've got everybody flying right. Um, connect, connecting with people, um, I, there's, a, there's a few things that, that you should kind of train yourself to say. Uh, be, being human, um, just saying, it sounds like you've worked very hard if some, and you've, you've got a healthy grasp of what we can help you with. We'd be happy to be another pair of eyes for you. Any, anything like that. Um, there's, there's responses. Of pe with people's concerns, sometimes they want to pour out their whole life story. And you can say, I hear that so often. Uh, it's enough to make you lose sleep, isn't it? And, and people say, yeah, you know, it really is. And parroting things back. Some, if, if, they, if they spoke to you, you heard them, and you can parrot it back to them, then you clinched it. And we're, we're trying to clinch these appointments. And we, um, we, if you can get an, an admission from somebody that, yes, they do need our help, you've, you've already clinched it. Clinched it. You, getting, them to, getting them to admit that, yeah, they, do, they sh really should have someone take a, look at what they, take a look at what they have or take a second look, then, then you've already got it. And um, connecting with people is, is, the, is, the, is the, most, the most important thing. Um, and, and again, uh, making, making sure that they know that you care just as much as Joel cares. And, and so they're seeing that the whole company, um, the whole company has the same attitude and the same, the same strength and the same cohesiveness. And uh, again, I'm very lucky that I have, that I have Robin. Um, and, and I like to think she's lucky that she has me. So we have two people in our control tower but if you only have one person there, um, and it's it's just a matter of always, always keeping your chin up and making sure and just feel it, feel it, feel. Listen to the radio shows, watch a seminar, um, anything that you can possibly do to educate yourself on what your company, on, on what the company you work for, what their message is, and make sure that it's reflected in everything that you say. And you're not just an, an appointment setter. You are. You're the, you are gateway, the, you're the, you're the yes. gateway to the first appointment. Thank I mean, you. It's really critical. Good. Thank you. All right. Well, Mary, thank you. And everybody, thank you for listening to this podcast. Please uh, send comments. If you have questions, send them to the uh, email address that you have. Um, and we will answer all your questions. And we will see you in a couple weeks. Thanks. <laughs>